what was their first point of engagement with us? Did they sign up for a lead magnet at some point? Did they attend a live event? Did they purchase mm-hmm. a course of ours? How did they get to this point in time? Especially because it really gives you a better indicator of where your money is going, whether or not you're profitable on a monthly basis or even a yearly basis. That's so good. Welcome to the Freedom Found Podcast, the podcast for copywriters and marketers with unruly, against the grain life goals. I'm Crystal Church, copywriter and coach, and together we'll delve deep into everything it takes to grow a profitable, scalable, and fulfilling business from the ground up. Whether you're just starting out or about to hit your next big milestone, I'm bringing you the truth on both the trending and the timeless business growth strategies so you can live out a freedom first, impactful life. Welcome to our community. We are back with another off the cuff episode on the Freedom Found podcast where we believe that success is not random and with the right community and toolbox, anyone can create a life filled with generosity and impact. And if you have not listened to one of these episodes before, Dale, our business development manager who is in charge of all things funnels and our marketing and I sit down and we open up about our thoughts on business, life, what we're doing that's working, and we share advice from where we are to hopefully help you solve the problems that you're currently facing in your business. So I I'm excited to sit down with you. I'm excited too. It's going to be a good one. You know, this morning when I was getting ready and I knew we were going to sit down and have this conversation, it brought me back to just this memory of a long time ago when I had to learn the hard way and you watched this happen to me, that as an individual, I couldn't tether myself to our business results. It's almost second nature for so many entrepreneurs to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Without thinking about it. And that's what I did. And I remember getting so emotionally involved in the stakes of a new offer or a launch or a pitch that I was sending out and then either writing the biggest high afterwards when it all worked in my favor or feeling so emotionally depleted when it didn't. Yeah, honestly, I went through the same thing uh, at a different stage in business when I first started getting deep into funnels. I would wake up in the morning and just, it was the first thing that I checked. I would go on Ads Manager on my phone and see what the data was from the night before. Obviously, we're in a different time zone, so everything happens overnight. So maybe it was a blessing that I couldn't check it in real time, but then I would just wake up in the morning and be like, I have to know the data, I have to know the data. So today's episode is going to be about data, but it's also going to be about separating yourself from that emotionally. I agree because it's just not sustainable. And yeah, this is a lesson. Dale and I are both like, I, I think we're sitting on the other side of this, able to look at the business as a separate entity from us Mm -hmm. and it feels really good that way doesn't it it? yeah you know back in year one of the podcast i actually interviewed dr amanda che do you remember that she Mm -hmm. and i had this incredibly helpful conversation about how to distance yourself from your business and the fact that so many people say this oh my business is my quote-unquote baby Mm -hmm. right have you heard that i've heard it Yeah. yeah my business is my baby and it's like no your business should not be your baby you should not be caring for a baby is something that you tend to 24 hours a day it's constantly on your mind you're emotionally invested in it yes you are emotionally invested whether they are a newborn or they are 30 and out of the house Mm -hmm. you are thinking about the well-being of that baby yeah and i know that people feel like it's easy just to be like, oh, well, just separate yourself from it. Like that's impossible to do because you do actually care. You do actually care about the results that you're getting. But the way I like to look at it, and I was telling the FFC clients just last night actually, is just taking this scientific approach where you're not like, it's not my baby. This is my experiment. And I'm going to keep Ooh. running experiments in all the different areas of the business and see what works, see what doesn't work, and then learn from it. That is so good. And that I feel like that's really what's helped me just have a much more 
free year. And when I say free, I don't mean in like my time. Yes, I changed things there and other ways I was operating in the business, but in my mind, Mm. like I have not felt tethered to the business this year in ways that I did in the past. Mm -hmm. It's been really freeing. That's liberating. Yeah, yeah. Liberating. Yeah, that's a good word. So your business is your business. It should be a separate entity to you and you can care about it. Like we really care about our business. Of course. But we also know that if something doesn't work, well, that's just data that we can use to then make it work next time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's all iterations. Yeah. So when you're able to look at things more analytically and without this personal thread that'll yank your emotions up and down, depending on how things go, it gets a lot more fun. So I've been really looking forward to having this conversation with you because one of the best things I know that you and I do is maintain this healthy relationship with the business via specifically data Mm -hmm. and analytics and figuring out how to look at that versus tell ourselves stories about what's happening that might not actually be true, right? Absolutely. The data is what tells the truth. Yes. Okay. So Dale, you do so much for us in terms of looking at and tracking relevant data to really get a finger on the pulse of the health of the business or even a specific funnel at a given time. So I'm really keen to ask you, first of all, in all the things that you have going on, why do you think it is so important to dedicate a portion of your time to actually tracking these analytics? And then we'll get into the meaty stuff about what analytics you should be tracking. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, literally what we were just talking about, you're only able to separate yourself from your business when you have the truth of the actual business. Okay, so you're otherwise you're telling stories about how your business is doing. Usually they're negative ones because that's the way the brain works. But the truth of, this, of your business is in the data, that's in the, the statistics, how much you're growing, how much your audience is, how much your revenue is and how much your profit is, the things you should care about. The a second reason is because if we're dealing with our business from a scientific approach, you need to be able to know how to actually learn from the data. You can't just be like, oh, well, I made all these posts or I made all these emails and you don't have any information to how to actually grow and how to change. Okay, scientific experiments are all about looking at the data and learning from it. So I think that is the second most important one is like you get data so that you can learn from it and then next time do it differently and do it better. And you know what? I think earlier on, I did a lot of what you just said. Well, I made like 30, 60, 90 days of content and I put it out and I was consistent and they told me to be consistent (laughs) and I did it and I haven't seen anything from it. And so then I'm like, well, content doesn't work. Yeah. And consistency is a lie. Right. It's all a lie. But the truth is I I wasn't actually learning from what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was repeating the same thing over and over instead of looking at the data, letting it inform how I could then change up my messaging, my approach, who I was speaking to, what I was selling, Mm -hmm. like so many facets that, you know, we can get into. But I think that distinction is really important to make. It's not just about doing something, but it's about doing it and looking at it through the lens that you said of an experiment. And it's A, going to be way more impactful because you're going to learn and adapt and then let that inform your future decisions. But B, it becomes a lot more fun. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. If you're trying to master something, like there's the old adage, like 10,000 hours is the the things to actual mastery. But like you're not just doing the same thing for 10,000 hours. You're learning all the way up. Otherwise, it's going to take you 20,000 hours. And you're making mistakes. You're making tons of mistakes and you're Mm -hmm. learning. That's That's what failure is all about, learning from your mistakes. So let's get into it then. What I want to talk about today, this is part one, because there are so many different areas that you can start tracking over time to help you depending on what your current focus is in your business. And I want you, the listener, to be able to compartmentalize these two different conversations. So today we're going to talk about performance analytics. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about mostly organic 
performance of your content. So blogs, podcasts, content, email, social, you name it. Let's dive into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is all of your earned media. And I'm going to say this as a preface for the whole episode. I'll say it again at the end because it's really important that you remember this. This should not overwhelm you. You do not need to track Mm -hmm. every single piece of data. You shouldn't sit there for days at a time staring at your data, stressing out about it. It's important to make this manageable for you to do it maybe once a month and to look at your performance and then to learn from it, but not to be stressed out. And you do not need to be tracking all of the things we're going to talk about today and in the next episode. This is just to give you an idea of what might be relevant for your business. Okay, so let's dive into it. Performance analytics, what do you want to start with? Well, let me just say, one of the things I love looking at monthly, so I do this once a month, is look at analytics in in these different areas. And one of my favorite ones to look at isn't a huge revenue driver for the business, actually, but I just find it really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I specifically go in and I look at our blog performance. And I like to look at and see what blogs are ranking number one on Google and what areas are most interesting to people in terms of like actual content and topic. And because there are so many other competing publishers of blogs, right, on copywriting topics, on business growth topics, marketing out there, it's really interesting for me to see what are the ones of ours that are ranking number one on Google and they're more niche topics. And so I love writing posts. Like, for example, we have one that has been on page one of Google for eyebrow copy. Mm -hmm. What is and how to write eyebrow copy are the common search terms. And it's been there for like over six months. Mm -hmm. And I find that really fascinating. And it allows me to know how we can tap into an audience where we might otherwise not be seen against larger competitors. Yeah, we use two different tools for this. So if blogs are your thing, we use Google Analytics, obviously. And we use a thing called Microsoft Clarity, which is a free heat heat mapping tool. So that's definitely worth looking at. It gives you information about your blogs. But in terms of the actual actual data we collect, yes, we're looking at where we rank on Google, which search terms, and then we learn from those. So we're saying, okay, we are performing well in niche topics because there's so much competition out there for what is copywriting, but you can still attract people with these more niche topics and get people into your audience that way. Perfect. Okay. So aside from that, in terms of website analytics, I will just say, if you are not tracking anything, start tracking this. This is one of the easiest things that you can start tracking. Like Dale said, look at Google analytics and you can literally see the pages people are going to the flow. So where they're going first, second, third, fourth throughout your site. So you can look at a customer journey from a whole that if you're a copywriter can help inform how you're actually writing your copy and laying it out on your Mm -hmm. site. And then how long people are staying, what's your bounce rate and starting to get a grasp of is your messaging hitting? And if it isn't, and you'll know it isn't because you're not getting the conversions that you'd like for the site visitors that are coming, then you can make some changes to it and you can test and adapt. Yeah, I think the the piece of data that I find the most useful using Microsoft Clarity, obviously is where their their mouse goes. The heat mapping is is very interesting. But for me, it's time spent on page, specifically Mm -hmm. looking at sales pages. If people land on your sales page and they're not spending minutes on there, then you need to adjust something. Or if you've got a high bounce rate on your homepage, then you need to adjust something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Probably the hero section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, tracking your website analytics, really important. But also, if you're spending a ton of time creating content, whether that is for social media, whether it's for your YouTube channel, your own podcast, you name it, it's really essential that you start looking at the analytics so you know what is working, what isn't working, what you can turn the dial up on. So let's dig into the other areas here. And podcasting obviously is a huge one for us. This is a primary marketing channel for us here at the KC 
brand. And we look at, well, I specifically track the podcast metrics and I look at these on a weekly basis at a minimum, if not several times a week. And what I find most interesting is to look at number of downloads per episode topics Mm -hmm. and where our listeners are coming from. So from platform and you would think it would stay the same, but it's so fascinating. Like if you're listening right now, maybe you're on Apple, maybe you're on Spotify, maybe you're on pocket cast, pocket cast. I don't know what is going on, but let me just say, if I didn't track our analytics, I wouldn't know that we're having a huge spike in downloads from a platform called pocket casts that you can go and stream podcasts on that I'd never heard of before, Mm -hmm. but holy shit. So many of our listeners right now are coming from pocket casts. So then looking at the rest of the data and specifically looking at downloads according to topic, if you're somebody with a podcast or somebody that wants to start a podcast, I can tell you looking at these analytics on a very regular basis has helped me create better content for the podcast and just test out new topics and see what are people most interested in. Are people clicking on more inspirational episodes, more how-to episodes, more interviews, more breakdowns with people? We do live coaching episodes that are always a huge hit and that has informed now our podcast schedule. So instead of just guessing at what people wanna hear, you're able to take the actual data of what downloads you're getting on what types of topics and then inform the creation of your upcoming content. I think that's what it comes down to in all of it. It's not just podcasts, um, but everything that we're doing is just using the data to inform where you're going. So continuing with that line of thought, let's talk about email. What kind of things are we tracking in the Casey Studio? Well, you just actually helped put together a post of our top what was it? 30 performing best performing email subject lines for 2023 for 2023 and only for newsletters. Yeah. Not in any of our automations or evergreen funnels. And I think that's a really good example of what people should be tracking for email. And email is great because it can be super simple. Are people opening it first of all, right? Mm -hmm. Then are they reading it? And you'll know that if they're actually clicking through on any of the links that you're prompting. So you're looking at click through rate. And then what I personally love is replies and engagement. Mm -hmm. I am the most happy when people reply to our emails with their, you know, I love this so much, or this is really helpful, or, oh my gosh, you went to this place I mentioned in an email, I've been there too. And I've connected with so many of our subscribers that I otherwise wouldn't know personally Mm -hmm. just because of those replies. So in terms of email analytics, looking at those three things, so open rates, click-through rates, and then engagement, I think are the most important. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, specifically for subject lines, like we are talking about what, are, what we call gatekeeper pieces. It's your hero, it's your headline, it's your subject lines. These are the things that you need to focus so much energy on, even the hooks in your Instagram reels and posts, because that is the gatekeeper for all the rest of the content. People won't read the email if they don't get through the gatekeeper subject line. People yeah. won't read your post if they don't have a good enough hook on it. Mm-hmm. So you're really looking at that information and that data and saying, what worked? Why did it work? Yeah. And if you're not getting the results you want from, let's say you're sending a sales campaign, it might not be because your email is not saying what it needs to say, but in fact, because nobody's actually getting to the email, Mm -hmm. right? So just testing out different subject lines can be a really easy fix and it's just more fun. You can also, this is a bit um, meta, you can go and look at that 
post revealing the 30 top performing email subject lines. And you can see from those subject lines how we analyze them, what was working with them and what wasn't working. You actually wrote a lot of the content in that post and it was very thorough and was just like, you know, a nice opportunity to be a fly on the wall in our own internal process. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to that post, you can get a free subject line handbook. Um, All you have to do is comment Black Friday onto that post and get your free subject line handbook added to you. And that actually leads us really nicely to the meat of content creation. So I know a lot of our listeners are on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and creating content for their audience on social media. For us, we're predominantly on Instagram as a social platform, but you would have seen, and I actually was chatting to our mastermind gals about this yesterday. In the last 24 months, you would have seen a lot of change in the way that I used Instagram for the business and lead generation and in this last year really prioritized the podcast as our primary platform and Instagram used to be our primary platform. Mm -hmm. So we've sort of switched that around a little bit. So now our Instagram is playing a less dominant role, but allows us still to have a touch point that brings in new people and nurtures existing audience members. So let's dive into social analytics. All right, let's do it. So performance insights for Instagram, um, a lot of people don't even look at them or they just look at how many likes um, they got on their post and how much their reach was. I think that's a huge waste. Me too, me too, absolutely. Especially because Instagram has really changed their algorithm as everyone I'm sure has felt in the last couple of years. Likes are more a sign to the algorithm that you like that type of content, but it doesn't tell you about the quality of the post necessarily. What Instagram is tracking a lot more closely now, and this is from the the CEO of Instagram, is comments, shares, and saves. Shares and saves specifically. Because, as I think he said in his, his words, it's a social platform. It's not predominantly for business in their eyes. It's for people to connect with each other. And what do friends do? They share stuff with each other. They comment on each other's mm-hmm. posts. And if it's useful for business, then they save it. So those are the things that really tell the Instagram algorithm that this is a quality post and what then shares it to more people. You know what? While you were saying that, I just pulled up the insights. If those of you who have not looked at this before, you can go to your post on Instagram. There's a little link next to your post that says view insights. It's that simple. And I just pulled it up for that post that says steal 30 of my best performing subject lines. What's so interesting here is the likes and the saves are nearly equal. Like we're talking over two thirds of the number that liked it saved it. That's crazy. And that's what people don't see. And I think we can go into social media with a bit of our ego Mm -hmm. and we could be thinking, oh, but like it only has this many likes. It's like, you guys, that doesn't matter. You do not need, like we are running a multi six figure business right now. And we have like very little presence on our actual Instagram feed right now. That doesn't matter as long as revenue is coming in from somewhere else. Like this is just one piece of a pie for you. So instead of focusing so much on likes, and the vanity metrics. Start focusing more on data that will inform sales, leads, business, right? So looking at saves, shares, I'm looking at these analytics right now, and you know what else is so interesting? Is profile visits. This is a crazy number. About 55% of the people who liked it visited the profile. That is insane. That's big. That's huge. I don't care if 
you know, twice as many people like it if less people visit the profile and save it because that means that they're less engaged. It's more passive consumption. Mm -hmm. To me, if somebody saves it, they're an active consumer of the content. And especially if they go to visit the profile, they're especially warm because they're interested in figuring out, okay, who is she? What's she talking about? What's she about? And is she for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to what you're using Instagram for as well. If you're a content creator and your whole business is based on uh, entertainment, you're looking for likes. That's what people signal for their little dopamine mm-hmm. release. But if you're a business owner, a little dop- dopamine release of somebody scrolling through their feed isn't, isn't relevant to you. What mm-hmm. you want is you want people saying, this was valuable by saving it. I will engage with this person because I'm interested in them, which is comments or shares, which show that it was valuable enough to actually DM it to someone or share it on their stories and profile visits, which are so important because that allows people to get off of Instagram and onto your link tree and onto your website. So my recommendation to you, and this is what we've done for a long while now, is to either yourself or have your marketing coordinator, your VA, someone on your team support you in this just once a month. Go and track the analytics of individual posts. You can take averages on the types of data that we talked about. So for example, if you're on LinkedIn, Instagram, look at those insights and take averages over the month of how your content performed and how well it was reaching your audience. Do the same thing for your email newsletters. We do that more so on like a quarterly, half yearly basis in terms of looking at our open and click through. But if we're doing a launch or a sales campaign, 100% we are debriefing on the data every single time. As soon as doors close, Mm -hmm. we're looking at that. Well, even before. And actually start making this part of your routine. It doesn't need to take a long time. Take a couple hours a month collect the data or have someone on your team collect the data and then review it. And I find this super helpful for us to review in team meetings. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. We actually have a spreadsheet, just the very simple. So what we track on Instagram is our reach, the likes, comments, saves and shares. We just have them as individual columns. But then just as important as that is the hooks that you were using, what style of content it was, whether it was educational or Q&A, niche specific, that kind of thing. And then what your CTA was on that thing. So Mm -hmm. you're really looking at not just the performance of the post, but the specific breakdown of that post. So you can say, oh, that, that worked for this reason. I can see a running theme here that tons of the educational ones did perform, or tons of the Q&A or community interaction ones did perform versus ones that didn't. And then you can either produce more of that content or make it more uh, a part of your content plan. And you know what? Another thing that we do in terms of tracking analytics I think this is so powerful and so many people don't do this, but we have a spreadsheet that tracks all of our closed clients and their customer journey. So for example, if we have clients come into the studio or Freedom Found Collective Mastermind, which is our mastermind for copywriters, we have a spreadsheet where I will go in, I will put their name in personally and we will track, okay, what was their first point of engagement with us? And sometimes you can't tell, but majority of the time you can. So I'll go and I'll look inside Active Campaign, our email provider, and I'll see, did they sign up for a lead magnet at some point? Did they attend a live event? Did they purchase a past course of ours? How did they get to this point in time? That is a great indicator as you collect that data for every client of what is working. Especially as we'll touch on in our next episode when it comes to paid ads, because it really gives you a better indicator of where your money is going, whether or not you're profitable on a monthly basis or even a yearly basis. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode. That's so good. Yes. Yeah. So tracking this is it's just the most fun thing to do and start to look at where clients are coming from you from. And this goes back to what you were saying about those very specific 
Instagram or social insights where you're actually seeing what hooks were working and what weren't. If someone comes to me and on a sales call, this happens a lot. They'll say, oh my gosh, I was listening to this episode on the podcast or um, I saw this on Instagram. Then I will actually go and I will make a note of that specific piece of content that they saw that resonated with them. And I will put that in the client tracker. So now we've got a very concrete piece of evidence of a piece of messaging working how can we like turn up the dial on that? How can we pull on that thread more? How can we repurpose that piece of content into something else that people on other platforms can see? So you can start to see how these overview performance analytics that everybody knows about tracking email and Instagram insights, yada, yada, how they can actually turn into more profitability and sales for you. Yeah, it's ultimately taking the the qualitative, that, that individual piece, and then looking at it through the quantitative, looking at the performance of the whole thing. You're so smart. Just big words. <laughs> oh, okay. So what I love so much about doing this episode now is we have just started digging into high quality lead generation with our mastermind copywriters. And we, we go deep on your own messaging, on their traffic sources, platforms they're on, and of course their content. So we're going to be digging into data with them. All the data. All the data over the coming months as we revamp their marketing. Really, a lot of them are rebranding, putting themselves out there in new ways to get better, higher paying clients or launch new programs, offers, you name it. So if you are interested in getting that kind of support, We've got a wait list right now for the mastermind. We're going to open up a cohort in earlier 2024. Don't know exactly when yet, but you're going to need to be on the wait list to hear about that first. So you can go and join the wait list by clicking the link in the show notes or just head to crystalchurch.com forward slash mastermind. So you can pause the episode right now and go to crystalchurch.com forward slash mastermind. Yeah. And get on the wait list. And that's where you're going to get all of the first details and information about spots opening. They are limited. So we give priority to the wait list first. Okay. Let's get to part two. Let's do it. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part of this growing community. If you enjoyed listening to this free episode, the most impactful thing you can help us do is head over to leave a review or forward this episode to a copywriter or entrepreneur friend who you know would head not along to today's conversation and use the key takeaways to create more growth in their own business. Thank you for your support and catch you next time.